Most of February has been full of a lot of creepy cryptid sightings. And now, we're going to be sharing some allegedly true and creepy sightings of the Goat Man. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true encounters with the legendary Goat Man. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's an encounter with the Goat Man or a different type of cryptid, I would love to see your story. Send it in at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. Before we jump right into these scary stories though, I just wanted to let you guys know I am now streaming on Twitch. Every single day I'll be over there playing horror games, reading scary stories live, and just doing what I normally do over here, but just now on Twitch. Unfortunately, YouTube is not really fond of streaming these days, and to make everything a little bit more streamlined, I think it would just be easier to do it over there. You can find the link to follow me over on Twitch in the description. Also, no, this does not mean I'm quitting YouTube. I will never quit YouTube. I will always upload and I will still have videos every single day for you over here. Don't worry about that at all. Now, without further ado, let us jump right into these creepy and allegedly true encounters with the Goat Man. This all took place when I was 14. It was a Saturday, and we were going camping in one of the more rural parts of Jamaica. I won't name the place for privacy reasons, but first, here's some background. As I said, I'm 14 years old, about 5'3", in a medium frame build. In other words, I was a big kid. Anyway, back to the story. Where we were going from where we lived was about an hour and a half worth of driving. When we get there, we get our stuff from the truck and started hiking to a good spot. We come across a nice, calm, crisp-looking stream. So we decided to stop, get our fishing poles out, and get some dinner right away. About two hours later, we pack up and start again. By now, it's about 4.30 p.m., and we finally find a good enough spot and set up. Suddenly, we pick up this awful, pungent stench. It's honestly like expired sour cream and rotten eggs mixed in a toilet that hadn't been cleaned for years and left in the sun. I felt chills go down my spine and a wave of dread rush over me when I heard the most shrillest, ear-piercing screech I had ever heard in my life. I grabbed the sawed-off double-barrel shotgun and ran inside the tent. I fell asleep quickly, despite it being only 6pm, but at about 2am, I had awoken to the sound of a branch snapping. To make matters worse, I had to pee very bad. Me, being a horror movie enthusiast, knew all too well what could be happening in this situation. I laid still with my double-barrel shotgun in my hand, ready to fire if it came to the test. Fast forward about ten minutes later when I heard my uncle scream. I quickly woke my dad up who was sleeping next to me and slowly walked out of the tent, thinking he was just trying to play a trick on us. Nothing could have ever prepared me for what I saw. This thing was at least eight feet tall. It had the smell that I described earlier. It had two horns sticking out of its head, but they were deformed looking. I don't know how to explain it. It stood on two awfully man-like legs. I thought I was in hell looking at the devil himself. It probably wasn't more than a second or two before I fired a shot at this thing's leg. It jolted back, so human-like, a little too human-like. Then it happened. This thing turned around and acknowledged us, almost as if it wanted to speak. And it kind of did. I don't exactly remember what it said, or what it sounded like it was saying, I should say. But it spoke in a deep, raspy voice. 
I remember it had hellish red gleaming eyes that stared through my soul. Then I shot it again. This time in the back of its disgusting devil-like back covered with white, dirty, disgusting-looking fur. After about five seconds or so, the thing ran off into the woods leaving a trail of blood. I looked over at my uncle. He was almost in tears, and, as was my dad, they were both frozen in fear. I don't know what the heck it was, and I don't know how I wasn't in fear either. We all stayed in one tent, packing our stuff up and planning to book it back to the truck as soon as the sun came up. After about seven hours, the sun finally came up and we did as planned. When we got to the truck, we started to drive out of there like bats out of hell. On the ride home, we didn't say a word, nor did we when we got home. You'd think the story ends here. Well, not all fairy tales have happy endings. About two weeks later, we went down to the countryside to look for my aunt, uncle, and cousins. The drive was about three hours away from where we lived, so we were going to spend the night with them. When we get there, we see them all standing in the front patio waiting for us with a look of joy on their faces. Now, to describe the place, it was about a five-acre, empty woodland area, but it had great lighting around the house from the LED solar-powered lights. Anyway, after about ten minutes of walking and catching up, we all go inside and make our way to the bathrooms to freshen up. When I'm finished, I get out and make my way to the room I'm staying in, and my two cousins, Brian and Mario, who were both six at the time, came in and wanted to play Forza. When it was about 10 p.m., I decided that I was going to bed. I said my good nights and went up to the room. It was dark, but I did not bother to turn on the light. I just went straight over to the bed and tucked in. I heard the door open, but I just brushed it off as my cousins. About two hours later, Mario comes in, turns on the light and screams. I will never forget the look on his face when I asked, What's wrong? He looked at me as if he had just killed someone accidentally. It was almost as if he wanted to say oops and started raging. He was in total awe. It was the thing from earlier. It just walked over to the open window, which was about two stories off the ground, made its way down and walked away into the woods like nothing ever happened. It moved so human-like, so disgusting, so purposely. When everyone ran up to us and asked what happened, when we finished telling them the story, Brian simply said, Goatman. Fortunately, this was the last time I personally had an experience with this creature, and I hope I never will again, but sometimes I still wonder what would have happened if I turned on the light, or if Mario didn't come in when he did, or if he had laid down next to this thing without bothering to turn on the light. I'm glad I don't know. This happened a long time ago, and was one of the first encounters I have ever had. I was nine years old, staying with my grandmother on a reservation. I am Native American, Cree to be exact, and I was only supposed to be there for about a day or two, but then it started to storm badly, lasting nearly four days. To this day, one of the worst storms we have ever had. The power was out for maybe three days, so no lights, no stove, nothing. The layout of my grandma's house is important. I don't think you would even call it a house. It looked more like a trailer house, the kind you would see in trailer park boys. It must have been the third night because the day after we ate boiled eggs. My cousin, my aunt, and I were all sleeping in the living room, and from where I was sleeping, you could see through the kitchen window. I was woken up by the sound of something, talking in a strange voice. 
At the time, I couldn't think of what it was, but it reminded me of something. But now, after thinking about it for years, it sounded like a goat trying to speak English. I still don't know what it was trying to say, but I heard something roughly like, Hey, boys, hey. I just got chills typing that. At first, I thought it was just my cousin being annoyed, but then I noticed there was a big figure standing outside of the kitchen window. It had its fist against the glass, like it was trying to peer in and see what was inside. And when I noticed it was banging on the window, not hard enough to make a ton of noise though, I saw the outline of horns, like big horned goats have. It had fur covering its entire body from what I could see. And then, lightning flashed, and I saw its face. It's very hard to describe, but it looked like what you could imagine a goat man to look like. Maybe a bit more on the goat side though. It had red eyes, but they were not glowing. It looked old and rough. Its fur was mostly gray with a little bit of brown. The window that it was at was about six feet above the ground, or more. I don't really remember. So, I would say this thing had to be seven to seven and a half feet tall. Throughout the night, it just stayed in that same exact spot. But the banging slowly turned into scratching, and attempts to speak turned into growls and shouting. Lightning flashed a few times more, and every time I could see the anger on its face growing more and more. I eventually woke up my cousin, crying. She came and lay with me until I fell asleep. I had a hard time falling asleep because every time I closed my eyes, I would see the eyes looking back at me. And when I finally did fall asleep, I had a nightmare involving the goat man. In my dream, I watched him walk over to our neighbor's house and brutally murder them and come back with a decapitated head and swing it around in my face. He was taunting me. Why? I still don't know. What's weird is that my cousin said that she couldn't see it, but she could hear it, the growling, scratching, everything. We talk about it often, and I remember at one point moving to another room and looking outside of the window and seeing its full body, which was not like a minotaur, but a centaur. It noticed me, and that's when it ran back into the woods after I ran back into the living room. I forgot to mention that the morning after, we decided to check outside for evidence, and we found huge hoof prints going from the window to the woods. The footprints were probably the size of two open hands. They were rather big, way too big for any normal goat. Now, I've read countless stories on websites and listening to your show, but none of them come close to this night. It was the scariest encounter I've ever had, and I've seen a lot of weird things. About ten years ago, my best friend and I decided to stop at a local hangout of ours in Bowie, Maryland. We grew up here and spent our early years wandering the railroad tracks and woods, smoking and drinking as children do. So this one spot is a railroad overpass at 450 and 197. There's a parking lot and a small area of grass and trees, about 30 foot strip of land separating the tracks and the lot. So it's nighttime and we decided to go there to smoke a cigarette. We go on the tracks and we're facing the parking lot. So the overpass is to our left and the tracks go on our right. Now we're smoking and chilling and he's talking, but the entire time I'm focused to my right peering down this track because I have this strange feeling. It's hard to describe. I wouldn't know until after listening to this show, 
that it was the feeling of being watched by a predator, which I've never experienced before this moment. After about two minutes or so, we were almost done smoking our cigarettes. A helicopter flies right above us, seemingly at tree level, with a spotlight going right over us, coming into the direction of the overpass. Not even ten seconds later, I hear the gravel shift from between the tracks and I look toward the overpass. Standing right in the center of the overpass, there is this giant silhouette. Now, since it is dark and it's under the overpass, I can only see its silhouette. It's easily eight or nine feet tall, and burly looking as all get out. It was huge, and we only looked at it for a few seconds before I said let's get out of here. Now, we hurriedly started rushing away, and we hear the gravel move closer, and not even a couple of seconds later, we both hear the most demonic, horrifying, multiple-pitched screech, literally right behind our heads. It came no more than a foot behind us. So of course we book it to his car, and no, we did not look back because are you kidding me? We had to get out of there. We got to his car. Funnily enough, as we were trying to get out of there, his lanyard got stuck on the steering wheel, causing us to get even more panicked and freak out even more. All we could do is just shout obscenities over and over. And that's my encounter with the Mothman. Now, a week later after hanging out with one of our other friends, they told us a story about some interesting things since they spent a lot of time in those woods. He was telling us about how last week the cops were out there in the woods because they heard screams and thought somebody was being, you know, attacked. Now, I asked him if they had helicopters out and he said yes, and I asked him what day it was, and it was the same night we saw the goat man. So we told him our experience, and he was like, yeah, that was probably him. You saw the goat man. Hi, my name is Daniel, and this encounter took place during Easter weekend. It should be known that I am 19 and I'm no stranger when it comes to alcohol, but I only have a few drinks if offered. You see, my dad wanted to spend Easter with my grandma, who lives up by herself in a small cottage in the Ozarks up in Missouri. The only thing around her house for miles are a few farms and a large forest. Whenever you go to visit my grandma, she would always tell us about how she would be hearing eerie noises coming from the forest at night. We got there in the late afternoon on Saturday, and me and my dad wanted to share a few drinks before we all headed off to bed to get ready for the egg hunt my grandma had planned for my niece and nephew. Around 1 in the morning I woke up due to the call of nature and headed downstairs to use the bathroom. After I finished, I made my way back to the bedroom before stopping as I heard my dad call out for me. I went to where I heard it coming from and noticed it was coming from outside, so I began to make my way to the front door before noticing something that stopped me dead in my tracks. There, on the couch was my dad who had a few empty beer bottles on the floor around him, but was very much passed out, and that's when I heard it. It was my dad's voice calling my name, yet it sounded off somehow. It sounded like someone recorded my dad's voice and played it over a voice modifier. It just sounded so weird and it was coming from right outside the door. I slowly approached the front door before I stopped and went to go take a peek out the window, when all I saw was pitch black, but I could see the faint outline of a figure standing at the door. At first, I thought it was a person, but when I saw that this thing had horns on its head like some kind of demon, I'm not sure how, but I swear this thing knew I was looking at it, because as soon as I got a good look at it, it turned 
and stared at me with these piercing red eyes before saying something that chilled me to the bone. Daniel, please, let me in. At that point, I ran throughout the house making sure every single window and door, or any entrance at all, was locked tight. Surprisingly, no one heard a single thing, and I did not get a wink of sleep that night. Easter came and went, although the whole time I felt like I was being watched. And as we left my grandma's house, there in the tree line I saw it. It stood seven feet tall from what I could guess, and was covered in messy black hair. It was built like a man, and I'm sure if I could see its feet it would have had hooves. The head reminded me of a goat, and an aged homeless man at the same time. Before I could stare any longer, the creature retreated back into the forest. I've never told my family of this encounter, but I'm just glad I hadn't opened that door. If I did, I probably wouldn't be here today writing this, but now I am filled with concern because that thing is still out there. And what if it decides to go after my grandma next time? If you live in the Ozarks in Missouri, or plan on taking a trip there, I do caution you to be careful out there. And if you hear something calling you at night, definitely do not go check it out. You never know what could be lurking on the other side of that door. Hello. I currently go to college in Maryland, and I've lived here most of my life. My story takes place six months ago. At the time, I was still a high school senior, living the life I want to live, working with theater, having a nice girlfriend, etc. An important point to note in my story is at the time, I was in an AP art class with a concentration set of pieces revolving around a certain category of fear. Having already submitted a few potential college credits, my teacher gave us banners to work on so she could hang them up in her room for next year's classes to see. I was having a certain amount of artist block, but I had a lot of time, so I watched a good deal of YouTube in the meantime. I was looking at something related to Call of Duty when I noticed a video regarding something called The Goat Man. Being thoroughly enticed, I clicked on the video and listened. I had my attention enough that I decided it would be the subject of my artwork. As I researched further, I also noted that it was close to home, just on the other side of the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, close to Bowie, Maryland. Again, being a high school student close to graduation, I thought it would be a fine idea to have a small trip to look it over. I enlisted two of my friends who I will call Brennan and Carmen for the purposes of my story. I had brought up the idea of this to other people, who thought it would be a waste of time, including my girlfriend. I wasn't a skeptic of the existence of cryptid animals, and while Brennan was, Carmen was in the same boat as me. So, we set off to Prince George's County on a Friday night so we didn't have to worry about waking up or having any impending finals waiting for us. With us, we brought a couple of cameras, our phones, snacks, and anything we needed for a scouting trip in the woods. As Carmen drove, I continued my research, taking note of creatures such as wendigos and skimwalkers, but I was very excited about the possible promise of the Goatman. After about an hour of driving, we reached our destination at about 9-ish at night. It had just turned dark and it was quite warm out, expected of early summer. Carmen informed me and Brennan that it was time to go out and go begin our search. She parked the car alongside a stretch of road with forest on either side, with very little traffic, we turned on the flashlights we brought so that we could save the phone battery. Not that it would have mattered since we had no service. 
Even though I thought I had full bars when we went through town, just the forest, I figured. We trudged through the woods, listening to the sounds of nature. Brennan and Carmen are talking ahead of me. Apparently some long-term cup was just broken up, lots of juicy details. As we continued our discussion, I noticed that there was kind of... I'm not really sure how to describe it because of how little I felt it, but there was just a nagging feeling on my shoulder. I swept it off though. It's been a while since I've been through the woods. Maybe I was just paranoid. We were just having a good time, joking around and having a lot of jollies. When we suddenly heard a snap, something I always knew was that in this area, the only thing that could snap a branch would be a human. We were stopped in our tracks and looked in the direction of the noise. Just deep blackness. Brennan called out. Anyone there? With no response, we eased up a little. It was at this moment I regretted not bringing a machete I left at home. Despite that, the sounds of the forest were still present and we kept moving. More alert now. It's about our fourth hour hiking, so it's about 1am. Having found nothing of interest, Brennan looks slightly peeved while I have my arm around Carmen because she claimed being cold, which it was surprisingly chilly being in the middle of summer. Are we ever going to find- Brennan is cut off by the snap of another tree branch. We stop dead in our tracks. This time I notice the sounds of the forest are gone. The nagging feeling I felt earlier is emphasized greatly, almost like it's telling my body to get out. Carmen looks up with me, wide-eyed, and says, What was that? Clearly panicked. I shake my head. I chill down my spine. I don't know. When we begin to hear footsteps again, they sound much heavier than a human. We looked at each other, looking for an answer, and only freak each other out more when we can't give one. We walk back the way we came slowly when my foot lands on something with a small squish. I look down and I see a squirrel's body, or what's left of it anyway with a large bite taken out of its stomach, with only small bits of entrail left. I quiver, that feeling reaching a peak as if it's going to explode, when the bar fills. Brennan gasps. I see that he's looking at a certain area, and I turn slowly to check. Carmen hides her face behind her hoodie-sleeved arm, only showing her eyes. We focus on the spot that Brennan is looking at. Standing there is a dark shape maybe 40 yards away. I can't get a good grasp of what I'm looking at. It's huge, but humanoid. But its legs are all wrong. They're, they're more bent like a horse's, or perhaps a goat. Carmen stifles a scream as the figure just complacently stares at us. As my eyes adjust, I notice the shape of its head. Its facial features are blacked out, with our flashlights only reaching so far. But I can make out the horns on top of its head. Brennan is the first one to take action, yelling, Run! as he yells and grabs me and Carmen. I stumble, but I get good footing quickly as I sprint as hard as I can back to the direction of the car. After ten minutes of steady sprinting, we slow as we seriously need to catch our breath. What was that? Carmen asks, huffing. Neither Brennan nor I answer, but I think we can agree on what we saw. We didn't want to admit it, but we also didn't want to feel like we were giving him power by evoking his name. We slowly go back into the car, which we would make it to in about an hour and a half. The entire time, the forest sounds were absent, almost making our footsteps echo. Carmen is mumbling to herself while Brennan and I try to make small talk to ebb away at the deafening silence of the forest. Then we hear it. Something between a wail, a scream, and some sort of animal? It couldn't be. 
We sprint again, making our way back to the car. Something was here. There were claw-like marks on the sides of the car, peeling the steel like a knife through butter. We decided it would be much better if we investigated once we got home. The car ride home was silent. We put on some Hamilton on the radio, as it's a musical we all like to sing to, but no one felt like singing. Brennan looked out the window still pale while Carmen looked more depressed if anything. My parents will kill me because of the car, she said finally. I couldn't say anything. My mind was still in a daze. What was that thing? We have told all of our friends the story, but as to be expected, nobody believed us. I still have so many questions, and one day, I hope, that I find out for sure that what I saw was the goat man. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Goatman Encounter Horror Stories. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that's very helpful to the swamp. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please be sure to give this episode a 5-star rating over there as it's very helpful. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to not miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's something with a goat man or something different, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go, but don't have YouTube Premium, and want to still download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller Scary Stories no matter where you are, you can do so absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of all of that, maybe check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, hoodies, face masks, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. Don't forget to join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter I also now stream on Twitch sometimes, so definitely follow me over there if you would, and I'll see you soon with another creepy episode.